It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. We are inside the Maricopa County Tabulation and Elections Center in downtown Phoenix. And in this county alone, we're waiting on the count on more than 400,000 ballots. Now, in the Senate race this morning, Republican hopeful Blake Masters tweeted, with the remaining ballots outstanding, we are confident we will win. Masters currently trails Democrat incumbent Senator Mark Kelly by about 83,000 votes. Now, Republicans say they see a path to victory in Arizona in those outstanding ballots because they are from election day voters who trend Republican and those folks who dropped off their early ballots yesterday and over the weekend. The Kelly campaign has been silent today. Last night, he encouraged his supporters to hang tight and settle in. Control of the Senate could come down to this race and elections officials in Maricopa say it won't be until Friday that 95 to 99 percent of the results will be in. They are also doing a deep dive into how a printer setting glitch on tabulation machines at about a quarter of their voting centers prevented ballots from being counted on site. Instead, they were taken to a county facility to be tabulated. There is no perfect election. Yesterday was not a perfect election. But again, we will learn from it and do better. I would say again, this team, our techs and our uh, poll workers worked quickly to get these issues fixed. All right, so that's a report from Fox yesterday because uh, there are a lot of races, as you well know, still hanging in the balance. Uh, and I'm going to try to give you as much clear information as is humanly possible, and there is a lot of it. I actually think uh, there's a lot to be grateful for, and I think there's some really good things happening. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you, uh, certainly the uh, Republicans, and when I say that, again, it sounds partisan, and I think I've made my position clear. I'm talking about people who love this country and its constitution and uh, want to stop the march to the institutions that the left has pretty successfully done, including the executive branch. So we have to stop it. Okay. So, but it's uh, the, the opposition, the people that want to save this country, mostly Republicans, the Democrats, not all of them, but their leadership want to destroy it. They've done a great job so far. So here's the deal. Uh, the Republicans have taken the house for sure. They sit at 207 right now. They need 218 uh, to be able to have the majority. And they think they're going to get that handily. There are 40, Four seats still in play. And the Senate, that's the big issue here. So far, the Democrats have 48 and the Republicans have 49. And of course, either party needs 51 to be able to establish that they're the majority and they get the committee assignments. They get to run the committees. Uh, the, and the ability to um, do investigations into all the malfeasance that's happened in the last couple of years uh, hinges on who takes the majority here, and so, and also future judges, and just stopping, you know, horrible policies. In fact, I should just drop this in. Actually, uh, this is a surprise to to Devin, but let's drop in that 
uh, that clip of Biden where he said he's asked what he's going to do differently. Can you guys find that and play that, please? That uh, Americans are frustrated. And in fact, 75 percent of voters say the country is heading into the wrong direction, despite the results of last night. What in the next two years do you intend to do differently uh, to change people's uh, opinion of the direction of the country, particularly as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing, because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. So really? there's a lot of things that are just starting okay, to that's kick right. in. It just, yeah, really. Yeah, like, uh, like the fact that you will never drive you know, a fossil fuel gasoline car again if they have their way. You won't be able to afford an electric one. They don't work very well anyway, and they can't gar- uh, drive very far. That's what we're learning. We're just that stuff just beginning to kick in. Plus, you know, the high price of utilities and the winter coming and all of that, that's just beginning to kick in also. So that's why what we're talking about has such importance. Let me tell you that in the Senate, Adam Laxalt, uh, I don't think they have declared him the winner, but that's Nevada, and it looks like he will, in fact, win. Blake Masters and Carrie Lake, there are hundreds of thousands of votes still to be counted, and you may recall that Maricopa County just, it was a nightmare. um, Alicia alluded to it a little bit, but not quite as much detail as I I would have liked. And so for detail, we can look more to Carrie Lake. Carrie said this on the day of the election. I didn't... I told you about this yesterday, but it's still, they are fighting this fight, trying to make sure those hundreds of thousands of ballots that came in are counted. And the, the common wisdom is that that will, that will throw Carrie over the top. She will win the governorship and Blake Masters uh, uh, too also. So we'll see about that. Blake is less certain than Carrie, but here's what Carrie had to say on election day as things began to break down. This is clip six. Do you think this is normal, guys? My question is... Do you think what's happening here in Maricopa County is normal? We have had problems after problems. And there's a reason we decided to change locations. We were going to go to a pretty Republican area. But I woke up this morning and within minutes of the polls opening up, I started getting people calling, voters in tears, calling my personal number, saying, what's going on? The tabulators aren't working. They told me to put my my ballot into a box and they would drive it downtown to count it. This is not normal stuff. We don't have to have elections run this way. We switched from a Republican area to vote. We came right down into the heart of liberal Phoenix to vote because we wanted to make sure that we had good machines. And guess what? They've had zero problems with their machines today. Not one machine spit out a ballot here today. Not one in a very liberal area. So we were right to come and vote in a liberal area. They gotta fix this problem. This is incompetency. I hope it's not malice, but we're going to fix it. We're going to win. And when we win, there's going to be come to Jesus for elections in Arizona. There's going to be a come to Jesus. All right. And so Carrie goes on. She's asked uh, in another question by a reporter uh, if the current secretary of state, who was her opponent, should be recu- should recuse herself. And she said, of course she should. And they, there's, a, there's a suit filed by Blake Masters and Carrie Lake against Maricopa County. So uh, that's pending, and I want to read something while I'm on Arizona. This is from someone in Arizona who is very closely connected to all of this. Um, Making this statement, I want to share it with you. This is like an off-the-record statement, so I'm not giving the name. It's the election administrators in Maricopa who did everything they could to obstruct and block the audit of 2020. Nothing to see here 
were in charge yesterday. That means Election Day. The vast numbers of ballots cast well before the election, relying on an election infrastructure built by leftist groups with billions of dollars from leftist billionaires invested over the past decade, result in huge margins for Democrats well before Election Day. The process matters. Every cycle, it gets harder and harder under these bad systems to to be able to fix it. All mail-in voting puts entire states beyond our reach. And until we understand the election process with massive unsupervised and unsecured voting as the existential threat that it is, it's just going to get more and more difficult to reclaim the system and wrest it from the control by the dim left-wing groups. It is designed by them for them. And we have so few office holders and leaders on our side who even think about, much less study and understand what's happened. Remember that it was a GOP-controlled Pennsylvania legislature that adopted no-excuse absentee voting. How's that working for them and us? Uh, and so, and on and on we could go. There are other states where that's true, where, you know, the Republicans have controlled most of the legislatures, at least the majority of them, for a long time. And in states like Michigan and states, of course, like Pennsylvania and and, 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 and Arizona and Wisconsin, too, um, they refused to take seriously the voter malfeasance of 2020. And they thought it was icky. They were, you know, they were influenced as people are by their peers that, you know, but this is icky and all these election deniers, we have to reject them, we have to move on. The donor class said that. And so I'm just telling you my the the quote that I just gave you from the insider is spot on. If we don't fix this, it's going to be like a disease that we cannot push back. This is another statement. This is from uh, Pat Colbeck, and he's a former senator in Michigan, good friend. He's been on the show a lot. He made a statement after the results of the Michigan election yesterday that I want to share with you. He said, in the days preceding the election, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson used her office to weaken oversight of the election and subvert the integrity. She has been found in violation of Michigan law by five separate court rulings. We've talked about this several times. Remember, the Supreme Court weighed in and told her she did not have to bring her rulings or neither did she have to purge the rolls of dead voters uh, by a deadline. Not to worry about it. So uh, Pat goes on, one of the most notable examples is the addition of what has been described as thousands of new voters this, he's talking about examples in Michigan where there is suspicion. One of the most notable examples is the addition of what has been described as thousands of new voters after 8 p.m. after the 8 p.m. registration deadline in the city of Ann Arbor under Benson's apparent guidance. In addition to explicit violations of Michigan law, there, ha- there are additional indications of election fraud in Muskegon, Kent, and Wayne County that merit further investigation, including vote tally anomalies, and ballot trafficking. And then he goes on to talk about Proposals 2 and 3, which are the nightmare proposals that passed in Michigan, uh, mispresented to the people, lies in the commercials that somehow it was going to restore abortion rights, Prop 3, when it really was about removing parental rights on uh, minor abortions and also on transition in gender. And Proposal 2, that they would not be able to have a free and fair election when, in fact, it creates chaos in the voting uh, system. No, no ID. On and on. Anyway, ballot patro- proposals, proposals two and three. Statewide races for governor, attorney general, and secretary of state. Congressional seats, as well as control of the Michigan Senate and House, are all suspect in the wake of the demonstrably lawless 2022 election conducted under the direction of Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. 
The only way to inspire public confidence in the election results is a complete and true forensic audit of the audit of the results. That's what so Pat Kolbeck, former former senator in Michigan. And then this this is really pretty amazing. This is you remember Greg Phillips and Catherine Ingerbrecht were jailed uh, last week uh, for about I don't know how long they were in jail, but they were put in jail by a judge because they refused to reveal their source of what they knew about the Chinese and this Chinese owned company that owns voter machines um, and is, you know, sending information to China on poll workers, et cetera. And there's a lot more to that story. But when the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. got involved, says Catherine, um, then they that's when they were put in jail and they don't want them to talk. So Greg Phillips, that's, their, that's what they say. Greg Phillips, Phillips tweeted this. This is in regard to Pennsylvania. The people in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, should know that your leaders sold you and America out to China. More than that, we have irrefutable evidence that the entire Pennsylvania voter registration file is living on a server in China. And machine serial numbers, ballot bundle numbers, and they didn't steal it. They gave it to the CCP and the PLA. Uh, That is why we were put in prison. They had to silence us. But we will not sit down and we will not shut up. Now, that from Greg Phillips, uh, the partner to Catherine Ingerbrecht in True the Vote. So just uh, for what it's worth, that's what they're saying, and we'll find out more. But uh, meanwhile, there's still good news. I just think, uh, I do think there was a red wave. I just think it was completely uh, strangled. And I want to point out something really incredible. The New York Times has an article this morning, uh, or yesterday afternoon. It says, um, concerns over abortion rights helped Democrats win and crucial states. And then it lays them out and kind of takes a victory lap over that. But here's a counter to that. Uh, that Life News says that Life News, used to be LifeSite News, says every pro-life Republican governor who signed an abortion ban won re-election. And uh, they go through Governor Ron DeSantis, Governor Mike DeWine, Ken Reynolds, Christy Nome, Bill Lee, Henry McMaster, Brad Little, Mark Gordon, Kay Ivey, all of them signed election abortion bans. Uh, in their states, and they all won. Um, so, and the the point that Marjorie Dennenfelser makes, who's uh, head of Susan B. Anthony list, is that they lost in states where the the candidates refused to call out the extreme position of the Democrats, and they went along with the re, the talking points of the Republican leaders, and that's why they won. That's her position on that, and that makes sense to me. Okay, gotta take a break. But coming up next, a very special guest. Stay tuned. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. 
Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, we suffer together. This is Bible League International, and the persecuted church around the world is paying a heavy price simply for following the Lord Jesus Christ. Warlocks burned down the home and shanty church that Emilio pastors in Chiapas, Mexico, near the border of Guatemala. And these male witches, they surrounded the homes of church members so they couldn't leave for two weeks. All of this because Christians oppose their pagan worship, but they lovingly share the gospel with those who persecute them. Listen, hundreds have come to Christ, and when I ask these heroes of the faith, how can we pray for you? They never say pray for an end to our suffering because they know God's working through it. What they pray for is that new believers will be able to endure and persevere under tremendous hardship, and you can do that when you can open your own Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10 $500 sends 100 Please, in this season of giving, pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give it sendbiblesnow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. The American people may have underestimated the extent to which their children have been indoctrinated by the public school system. For nearly two decades now, our kids have been exposed to common core and critical race theory, and most recently, the radical sex and gender ideology of the LGBT movement. Two generations, the millennials and Gen Zers, subjected to leftist brainwashing, teaching that our founding fathers were terrorists, that you should judge people by the color of their skin, that communism is better than capitalism, that the government owes you something. And all of that brainwashing went unnoticed until the China virus pandemic. That's when parents woke up. But is it too late? A supermajority of Americans say they were angry about the direction of the country, and yet they voted Democrat during the midterm elections. Maybe we underestimated the number of Americans who actually want to be taken care of by Uncle Sam. And if the Democrats end up controlling Congress, it will send a message that woke socialists have broken America. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios back with you on this very busy day because there's so much to cover. And uh, let me just say, though, I've been telling you every day uh, this week that I am tomorrow's actually my last day as your morning host. But I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be the director of governmental affairs for the American Family Association, as I have been for a long time. (laughs) I'm also moving to just a different place. It's going to be a podcast uh, Sandy Rios 24-7, and we'll tell you more about that, but I just wanted to tell you that up front so that if some of you uh, have not heard that, you'll this will make sense to you. And so uh, we've been telling you for several days now that there is a, a really wonderful replacement for me on the mornings. And yesterday, Tim Wildman joined me to announce that it's Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis. Jenna is, you've seen her on television. She's a constitutional law attorney. She served as the legal senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Trump. She is a, the chairwoman of the Election Integrity Alliance, special counsel for the Thomas More Society. She's Newsmax contributor. She's the host of the Jenna Ellis Show podcast. She's the author of The Legal Basis for a Moral Constitution. That's not all. Jenna is a Colorado native. She's an evangelical Christian. 
She served as an assistant professor at Colorado Christian University. Uh, she ter- currently teaches at Summit Ministries and is a fellow with the Centennial Institute. She has a BA in technical journalism from Colorado State University and a JD, that's a justice, a jurisprudence degree from University of Richmond and, a, and T.C. Williams School of Law. I told you that you would be in good hands, and so Jenna Ellis joins us this morning. Jenna, good morning. Good morning, Sandy. It's so wonderful to join you. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. You're welcome, and let me just say welcome to AFR Talk, and congratulations on being the, the new host of the morning show. We're uh, I know that, you know, this is new to the listeners, so we're going to ease into this, Jenna, but I think they can already see from your bio that they're going to be in, in great hands. Um, uh, I guess I should ask you, well, they, they're going to ask this right up front. This is just a point we need to make, and that is when, when are you starting? What's your start date? Yeah, so I'll be starting January 2nd, so my New Year's resolution is to get up much more early (laughs) in the morning uh, with all of you than I generally do, so looking forward to that, so January 2nd of uh, this coming year. I'll I'll put my alarm clock in the mail and send it to you. (laughs) It works really well, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, every morning, Uh, but you'll get used to it. You'll have a different life. It just makes you go to bed early, but... um, Jenna, you you know you are right in the thick of all of the things that we talk about every day, and I think you know we'd be remiss if we did not start by talking about this election and the results. I've I've uh, had a lot of things to say about it, but it would be interesting to hear your perspective, your take. I mean, there's a lot of things to say about it, but what are the headlines from your perspective? Yeah, I think we can all be encouraged because this, uh, while the mainstream media, of course, likes to frame the election a certain way and wants all of the conservatives to get discouraged and to start all of the infighting. I think uh, we can actually be very encouraged that a lot of headway was made, not only on the issue of election integrity. We only saw some uh, concerns, of course, still out of Maricopa County and Arizona that still, for some reason, counting their ballots uh, two days later. Uh, but we we really didn't see um, the same types of problems across the country and in specific swing states like we did in 2020. So that's encouraging. But we also saw um, some strides that were made with uh, the Republicans taking back the House, likely to take back the Senate, and also some of the um, the, the races that were either very close for Republicans in states like New York with Lee Zeldin. Uh, that <laughs> turned out to be almost an upset. Um, and a few other things. So I think the the bottom line here is that this isn't just the red trickle that the mainstream media is making it out to be. It maybe wasn't as big of a red wave as some of us hoped, but I think that there's um, it's more in the middle there, and we can be encouraged. You know, I want to point out something that I'm not sure. Maybe this is a repeat from me to my listeners. I can't remember what I said when, but uh, let me just point out that in Oklahoma, uh, look, the media keeps talking about Florida, and I'm fine with that. That's where I live now. You know, it's a, they had a wonderful night. There's just no denying. And one of the reasons Flo- uh, Florida did so well, pres- um, uh, yeah, what's his name? Ron DeSantis uh, put in a, a, an election integrity unit. It's not called that, but it's, that's what it is, inside Florida. And they were already, before the election started, able to, to root out some of the corruption in the voting process in Florida, and of course things went very smoothly, and I think Florida is the model. But I would like to also point out that while uh, Republican pl- pundits, Jenna, are even saying this, that the, the you know that uh, this only happened in Florida, that's really not true because in Oklahoma and uh, also in Texas 
And in Iowa, there was a red wave. There were a lot of victories there, and uh, governors who were not even as popular as Ron DeSantis won re-election. Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma was our guest last week, and he won, I think, um, over 10, like double digits. He won by double digits. So there was a red wave in lots of states. It's just that I find, you probably find this too, that the states in the middle, like um, Texas gets attention, but Oklahoma, Iowa, not too much. And so people don't know that there was a really good turnout. So I think that's good news. And I'm with you. I think there's good news too. Yeah. And, and Governor Kemp as well in Georgia, that beat that's right. the Abrams by an even wider margin than in 2018. And so uh, surprisingly, she actually conceded this election. <laughs> she didn't concede the last one. And then, of course, uh, Governor DeWine up in Ohio. And so, so I agree with you that while the mainstream media tends to focus on the contentious states and they also will shape the narrative in any way that is damaging to Republicans. And, of course, they're trying to spark this debate and this premature fight between uh, President Trump and Ron DeSantis, and they're trying to gear up already for the 2024 presidential election. Uh, the main takeaway here is that, really, we, we did see great strides in election integrity, and this was pretty much a, a standard midterm for uh, Republicans when there is a Democrat currently in the White House. Well, interesting. You know, maybe you might, you and I might not agree on all of that. I uh, because of the election integrity part, because I've got all this stuff in my inbox from people that I know in various states. I think there's still a lot of concerns. But I listen, considering what I think was, you know, there was a ton of, as you know, casting votes early, and like in Pennsylvania, there were like a million. I think it was a million uh, in the tank already for. Uh, for yes, uh, for the guy that won the Senate, whatever his name is, the big dude, uh, and so there was there was a lot of things. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so anyway, I don't want to flesh that out again, but I just uh, would say there are. I do think there's some problems, especially when they just keep uh, counting. It's ridiculous, Jenna. They're saying I think in Arizona now that they won't have that counted till they might not have it done till the first of the year. I mean that which, is just which is insane. It's insane. it's insane. And there, there definitely needs to be more strides. We're not done by far with the work on election integrity, uh, but we have made progress since 2020. And I think that is something to be um, encouraged by. And, and um, I've yeah. been part of the conservative uh, coalition uh, based out of Washington, D.C., but, you know, obviously touching and concerning uh, most of the states and definitely the swing states. And there's been a lot of progress made not only in litigation, but also in legislation. And also uh, the, the RNC had lawyers on the ground uh, this time in many, many states that were resolving issues immediately on the ground so that they we didn't have some of the same issues that were present in 2020. So that is That's, encouraging that the trend is better. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I, you know, I remember sitting at the table in D.C. when President Trump was running. He wasn't at the table. I'm talking about a different table. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about whoa, what the Trump team and the Republicans were doing because we knew that Mark Elias was forming an army of Democratic attorneys to just make life miserable after the election, bringing lawsuits and creating chaos. And there was just hardly, there was just such a small, nobody really seemed to want to take that seriously. And you're right. At this midterm, that is completely different. And that's why, you know, Carrie Lake and Blake Masters are both suing in Arizona. I think, you know, I'm sure with the help of RNC lawyers that were prepared uh, to, to go in there and help fight for them. I do want to talk to you about, because you work closely with President Trump, 
Jenna. I would love your take. You know that there's such a dust-up now. And there are, there are some... Look, I think they were trying to manufacture a problem between President Trump and Ron DeSantis. I've said that all along. Ron has been such a strong supporter of President Trump um, and, you know, just absolutely loved him. His commercials when he ran uh, in Florida a few years ago were all about his about his relationship with President Trump, and they were actually pretty funny. So it's been disheartening to see that there might be actually some problems, and I guess the examples would be that uh, President Trump, of course, called him desanctimonious in a comment to a, in a rally, and then he said, I think, in the last couple of days, he spoke up and said that I, he got a, President Trump said, I got 1.1 million more votes in 2020 than Ron DeSantis. All of these things lead people to just confusion, Jenna. I'm sure that you like Ron DeSantis too. And from your perspective, you know, what do you hope will happen here? You've got two type A's, you've got two lions, and they're both, they both have their place. How do you see, what suggestion, if you were king, would you make for them to work together and how this should look? Yeah, that's a great question. And one, I think that people are going to ask more and more frequently now that we are post midterms. And you're right, we have uh, two incredible lions. And I love Ron DeSantis. I think that he has been excellent for the state of Florida. He's implemented amazing uh, policies like the election integrity uh, election tax task force down there and, and a variety of things, including the parental rights and education bill. Uh, which is great. And and then you have President Trump, who um, so many people love and respect, myself included, that want him, want to see him finish the work that he started in 2016. And so as we head into the primaries, I think it's important for us to draw a line that is actually fair instead of where the media wants us to draw it. The media right now wants us intentionally to draw the line between Trump and Ron DeSantis and start those types of uh, tribalistic silos, rather than saying both of these men are actually America first. They are conservative champions, and their policies are excellent for the country. And the line here that needs to be drawn is against the old establishment GOP, the corruption, the swamp in Washington, the people like Karl Rove and uh, what I call the Mick leadership, which is Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell that all need to just leave Washington um, because they're the ones that support things like the Pride Coalition. They're the ones that are basically the uniparty. And the old establishment GOP that actually put millions of dollars into the midterm election to try to take out the great patriots and America First candidates that were running um, in races, state and local across the country, those are the people that we need to reject. And we need to draw that line and say, we are for both President Trump and Ron DeSantis. And we don't have to make that decision of who gets the nomination right now. We can let the primary process play out because nobody's even announced yet. And so we don't need to start making those kinds of distinctions. We can actually be fans and champions of both of them because they support the same policies that we do. And that's where I think we need to focus right now instead of allowing the media to infect our perception and our narrative. Totally agree with you. I, I love that, Jenna. I agree. Because they, the media would love nothing more than for us to turn against one or the other because they're both powerhouses for conservative causes. And they want to stoke that. If they could get President Trump to, they would defeat him. In fact, they did this last week, I'm sure you know, uh, when he called Ron Ron de Sanctimonious. They had fed him a story. I explained this on the air 
about how Ron supposedly had gone to Kevin McCarthy and someone else and plotted against him to win uh, the presidency. And the DeSantis camp came out and said that's completely false. But two different sources uh, got that information to President Trump, and I actually think that's what planted the seed because, you know, it happens. Uh, So I think that's why he lashed out the way he did. So we cannot fall for their bait. And I'm with you. We should just reserve judgment. Just let the process play out. And I think also resist the temptation to jump on the uh, destroy President Trump bandwagon because of his flaws, and he does have them. Uh, But when I think about all the things he's done for this country and all the sacrifices, uh, I can't bring myself to do that. You know, it reminds me a lot, Jenna, of Winston Churchill. You know, he was, um, he, you know, he was a great leader, uh, and the, the, the British people loved him, but uh, when it was—now, this is not a direct comparison. It's just another story about something similar. He did such great things for the people of England, and then, but when it came time to run for prime minister, he had a lot of difficulty stepping aside, and they had to navigate that very carefully. I'm not saying that's going to happen here or e- even that it should. Uh, but it's just a dynamic that happens um, uh, with an old lion. Is just he's a lion, and so. Uh, but he deserves our complete and utter respect. And so, whatever happens, I just think we can't do it with disdain, which is what I'm picking up from some people. We cannot jump to that. I just I'm not for that. Uh, well, Jenna, what what uh, we've got a minute and a half left here. What is it you'd like to do in the mornings here? What's your goal for for the listening audience? Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm so excited to uh, to be with everyone in the mornings. And, you know, I I started my ministry, really, and, and I've never considered myself having a career, even though God has opened so many doors uh, for me to, uh, to really influence American policy and uh, love the Constitution and litigate. And what I'd like to do in the mornings is just continue the conversation that you have so uh, wonderfully had with all of your listeners over the last uh, decade plus and continue the conversation on how to think about what's going on in our world, in politics and culture from a Christian biblical perspective. Because I always like to say that politics and the whole purpose of Christians engaging in politics, and we have to as members of civil society's responsible citizens, the whole purpose is to preserve and protect our mandate to government that our founders required, which is to preserve and protect our rights that come from God, our creator, not our government. And it's the sole purpose of our government to preserve and protect those rights so that we can speak together about truth of the Lord and ultimately share Christ. And all that's right. Why we have to. Jenna, Jenna Ellis, you can see, all of you can see why you're going to be in good hands. Jenna Ellis will start the Jenna Ellis in the Morning Show on January the 2nd, and you want to be there. So, Jenna, thanks for joining me this morning. We look forward to to your future at AFR Talk. Sandy Rios in the Morning on AFR Talk. Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Christian parents are on the hook today because they have to identify the threats to the value system uh, that's being taught to their children in public schools. And their job is to protect their kids from these influences. Tune in for Family Talk with Dr. James Dobson. Weekdays at 6.30 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. on American Family Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our program. God's blessings to you all. Washington Watch. This is a crisis of our own making, and that hard-nosed determination to not admit it for political reasons is just really, truly disheartening. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but on this particular issue, the contrast between the policies of the two administrations could not be sharper. As I've mentioned here on the program many times, I was at the border a little over a year ago. It was like a ghost town. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Next week, the U.S. Senate has an opportunity to prevent the pension funds of federal government employees, past and present, military and civilian, from being invested in companies controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. The National Defense Authorization Act is must-pass legislation that would be a perfect vehicle for such a prohibition, provided Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer will allow it to be put up for a vote. We're entitled to know where legislators stand because they are participants in the thrift savings plan. If senators don't act to keep their money and others out of the hands of the CCP, they must be okay with underwriting our mortal enemy. Don't want your representatives sending taxpayer funds they earn to communist China? Then take action at notspfortheccp.us, urging them to make it illegal and ensure that others won't do it either. This is Frank Gaffney. Hi, this is Sandy Rios wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Well, I know it's too soon, but it is not too soon to start making a Merry Christmas for children all across the globe through Operation Christmas Child. Each year, we help Samaritans first with this, and each year, children around the world hear about Jesus in these boxes, and this is how you do it. You go buy a shoebox or get a shoebox out of your closet, and you buy little cute toys like a ball or a doll, 
uh, to put on top of the box, and then you put clothing underneath it. Uh, that's all it takes. And you cl- fasten that box up, and you take it to a drop-off location. There are 4,500 of them, and if you want to know where those are, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn more and to find a drop-off location near you. This is a great way to celebrate Christmas on this end and celebrate Christmas on that end, too. Maybe a first Christmas for the children that receive these boxes. Just go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to learn more and to find a drop-off location near you. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios, back with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you were encouraged with that interview with Jenna. She's going to be delightful, and um, I know you're going to enjoy her. I also know it's an adjustment. It's like, you remember when you were in school? I do. Uh, there were some teachers that I just loved. I didn't love every teacher, but there were some that I just loved. And if something happened to them or uh, a substitute came in or they were replaced mid-season, you know, mid season, uh, it, it was very hard because so th- this is a this is an adjustment. But look, you also know that even though you might have felt that about a coach or a teacher, um, you you got used to someone else. Someone else had other strengths that you uh, gravitated to. So I'm just encouraging you uh, to to understand that I am not leaving. <laughs> I am not leaving. I will just be somewhere else. And let me tell you where that somewhere else is. Uh, I'm moving to a podcast, which is called Sandy Rios 24-7. Sandy Rios 24-7. Now, that's not going to begin until January the 9th. I'm going to be taking a break here. Um, uh, I guess I could tell you I'm actually writing a book. That's part of it. I uh, I have till my deadline is January the 1st, so I have a lot to do uh, between now and then. Plus, I also just need a break um, from this uh, it's a grind to do the morning show, but I love it. Do not think that I this is nothing to me. I, I just don't want you to think that. It, it is, I think, about all of you who become my friends and all the trauma. I've, I think of Deborah Doster, who was our uh, kidney patient, transplant patient, who could not get a kidney from Vanderbilt because she didn't take the vaccination and how we all worked together to put pressure on Vanderbilt and actually get her back on that kidney transplant list. She hasn't had it yet, by the way. She's still on the list. But I think of the soldiers who have called me huh, from all the branches about having uh, been, you know, the way they're being treated by the Pentagon over the COVID shot. It's just heartbreaking to me. I think about all of you and hate uh, leaving this spot as your champion. But I will be championing you <laughs> on Sandy Rios 24-7. Do not uh, doubt that uh, for a heart, uh, for a moment. And then also, you know, I think of all the J6ers and all their families uh, who I've grown to love and just have been heartbroken over, and that's going to continue too. I'm, uh, but in this spot, it won't continue. And so so I think of all of you, all of you that we've gotten to know, you've written me over the years, many of you who are frequent, you know, re- frequently written and gotten familiar with you feel like we're friends i am you feel like i'm your friend because you hear my voice every day i don't hear yours but i i do i do sense you i'm very aware and um and have this tremendous love for all of you and concern and care uh so that's why um that's why it's going to be an interesting transition for me too plus it's the end of my broadcast radio live because I've run in broadcast radio since the 90s so that's that's going to be very different for me but podcasts are different 
Uh, they allow you to spend a little more time, not to have to rush uh, like I do now. Uh, and so I think, you know, you might find it absolutely delightful, a delightful change not to hear me racing through everything, uh, because I will be covering the issues. It just won't be that news digest that I give you every morning. It'll be a little bit more passive, meaning the t- the topics won't necessarily, if you don't call right now, you know, it'll be something more like, uh, you know, things like I do on Friday that are kind of timeless about really deep issues. But also, we will talk about the, the news of the day. Anyway, and Bruce is going to join me more often, too, to talk about, you know, things that have to do with the FBI and law enforcement and all of that sort of thing, the Justice Department. So I hope you'll enjoy it. And bye. Okay, so then many of you have been writing me, and some of you say, you know, I've never, I don't know how to do that. And I know that I know that would be an obstacle to listen to a podcast. That's a, just, I would just say, it's a new skill, but it's not hard. I was recently trying to like, uh, I'm kind of reformatting all my social media because I'm going to get more active on social media. That's the plan anyway. I'm not crazy about social media and I always feel like I'm talking to hundreds of thousands, if not millions in the morning. And so who needs, you know, Twitter, but I'm going to have to kind of up my game on that a little bit. Uh, But I was uh, getting some instruction on how to do certain things and it was just a pain. I I know that what is the, the words, the terms, they're all different. And I ended up writing back. I said, you know, this is a lot like um, learning to brush your teeth and someone saying, uh, breaking down every detail of how you brush your teeth, you know, from squeezing the tube to, you know, taking the brush in your right hand. And when techies try to break it down, it sounds like a foreign language to us. But believe me, it's not hard to find a podcast. Okay, so let me just kind of give you some help if I can. Those of you that have a smartphone, and how do you know? Well, if you have apps on your phone, almost all of you have a smartphone now, if you have a current phone. Uh, If you have apps on them that you've downloaded uh, or your kids have downloaded for you or that you've done yourself, um, then you have a smartphone. And that means in order to download an app, you have to go to what's called a Play Store. If you have an Apple, they have a Play Store Google has a Play Store. It's like going shopping. So you go there in that app, and you enter um, AFR. AFR, we have an app that's just great. And you look for that. It'll come up, and then you download it, and that's easy too. And somebody in your life will know how to do this. Uh, So get their help. You download it, and all you have to do is go to that app whenever, wherever you want. Any time of the day and night, any place on this earth, you can uh, listen to Sandy Rios 24-7 by just uh, punching that, uh, that you know, uh, clicking on that app. So, words, words, find the words. So um, you can also still go online on your computer or on your phone if you prefer to AFR, AFR Talk, and uh, I'll be right there. Then they'll be, they will be uh, heralding the new show because we all want to help make sure that you guys can find it. And so AFR Talk, when you listen to Jenna, you'll probably hear some uh, some spots that will tell you how, where you know where to find uh, uh, Sandy Reels 24-7. And so we're trying to make it as uh, easy for you as we can. Um, you know, when I, was, when I was in high school, this reminds me of a story. When I was in high school, I had a uh, – we had a – well, he was the social – whatever you call him, the counselor – in the, in the high school, but he was also student council uh, advisor. And so I was on student council and, you know, just knew him really well. He was just a character. His name was, I'll just say, his name was Robert Harlan. 
And uh, he was so funny. Tra- I traveled with him to student council meetings like in Chicago when we would drive from southern Illinois. And, and uh, he was just so funny. Um, and But uh, it was just uh, mind-blowing to me, you know, many, many years later, what, a couple of decades later, when I started on the radio in Chicago, and we're from downstate, and I heard from Mr. Harlan. And he would go into his garage. He had a radio signal that would work in his garage from Chicago, and he listened to me every day in his garage, which I just thought that was just made me cry. I mean, who does that? Uh, you know, what teacher does that with a pupil? Or he wasn't my teacher, but I'm just, I was just blown away. And actually laughed. I think about him sitting in his little chair listening to that radio. So, you know, you have you may have to go to more trouble than you're used to, and you may not be Mr. Harlan. But um, this is kind of a funny story that came to my mind. I also want to say that I have a website that's going to be updated. And as, uh, as I'll say again, it's kind of funny because it's really kind of out of date, like a big time. It's sandyrios.com, sandyrios.com. And if you go there, you might be slightly amused at some old uh, television appearances and things I wrote a long time ago. I used to do a lot of writing for a lot of different outlets. I really couldn't keep up with that when I started this. So um, so there's some, if you just want to see. And there's a little stuff about my daughter, Sasha. Um, oh, and some other things, some I, that I can't even remember in this moment. So it's just kind of fun right now, but it's not what it's going to be. It's going to be updated, and it will be a place where you can find articles that I mention on the podcast. You'll be able to find out um, if I'm going to be speaking places, where I'm going to be, schedules, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so write that down, and you know, you can probably remember, can't you? <laughs> SandyRios.com. So uh, that's, and also just to, to reiterate, uh, beginning Monday, I'm not sure which of the which guy is going to be filling in, but my good friend, Jay Christian Adams, who's been hosting for me for a long time, Christian was a whistleblower from the Justice Department. Uh, he, um, I, knew, I knew him by uh, reputation, great reputation, long before I ever became, we became friends. And so Christian um, will be hosting for me uh, in part along with Fred Jackson, who is the head of our news department. Uh, Fred comes to, came to AFR from the Canadian Broadcasting Company. Uh, he's incredible. He's wonderful. He covers the news so beautifully, and that's why we have such a great news department at a- AFR Talk. So uh, Christian and Fred will be piggybacking, both of them doing um, uh, filling in on the show until Jenna begins on January the 2nd. And then I will begin my tw- Sandy Rios 24-7 on January the 9th. I know that's a lot of information, but there you go. You have to bring a pencil to you know to the radio broadcast. And tomorrow will be my last day on the air, and we will open the phone lines and just talk, okay? And so I hope that you'll stay tuned for that. All right, in the, the few minutes that I have... To spend with you, there were some other things I wanted to say. This is my last chance to tell you news. It is. And that is um, Kevin McCarthy announced that he's going to run for speaker. He And so and uh, Steve Scalise announced that he's going to run for leader of the party uh, because, again, the Republicans took the House. And I would just like to explain to you what's happening here. These guys have been working together for a long time. Uh, Scalise expects to step in as soon as McCarthy steps down. That's their plan. Uh, and but I would just tell you from people inside the the Beltway who are strong conservatives, they don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. 
I think uh, Kevin McCarthy is coming under a lot of uh, criticism because of the uh, the lack of what some would say is the red wave, because of the failures, because of no message. His message was, you know, look how bad Joe Biden is and all the Democrats, they're so bad, but no message, no leadership. That's really kind of the way it is. And when it comes to oversight, I'm just telling you there will not, um, unless something changes, Kevin McCarthy's not capable of strenuous oversight. They play games with us on that, and we don't need that. And Steve Scalise, as much as some of you might think he's a champion, I don't believe he is. I think he's the wrong person. I'll just leave it with that. Uh, so uh, the the Freedom Caucus, because of the smaller gains in the House than they expected, actually now has more power in determining who the next speaker is going to be. And what that means is because of their numbers, and I'm guessing around 40 uh, out of uh, two, two, the minimum of 218, uh, they have a very strong block. And they can actually uh, make some um, demands uh, and have some influence. On, this is an insider's game because, uh, you know, we can't really do much about it. Uh, it. We just have to sit and watch. But I could just tell you the Freedom Caucus is all over this. And they are uh, they're in there swinging, and they have uh, made some very – they've laid some very good plans to try to change things in the House. And so – and if, you know, if Republicans get uh, – well, they have gotten the House, but if a good, strong conservative takes leadership, these oversight committee hearings will be devastating to the Democrats as they – should be. Um, and I want to remind you, let me let me leave you with this positive thing that we I started with earlier or shared earlier. This is an article that talks about how every single pro-life governor who signed an abortion ban won re-election. Now the left is leading with how abortion was such a strong message and that's why they won on Tuesday so many different seats. But the truth is uh, they won in elections where the Republicans did not go there. They didn't want to talk about it because their leadership told them not to do that. Don't talk about it. Let your opponent paint you as an abortion extremist. When, in fact, the Democratic Party and their platform who believe and embrace abortion for all nine months for any reason, uh, that's the extremist position. And polls showed that Americans do not embrace that. But those Republican candidates that were silent on that those were the ones who lost. So just so you know, just so you can be equipped to have conversations about that, wanted to tell you that. Well, listen, all right, it's great to talk to you today. Great to introduce you to Jenna, and I'll be back tomorrow. And so stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.